Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow, and I'm joined by my best man, Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Bubba? Oh, I'm excited to be here. One year long, one year strong. This podcast first went live on July 10th, 2020, and it's been a blast ever since. It's been a lot of work, it's been a lot of fun, and it has given my movie-obsessed mind some guidance, which I I always appreciate that immensely because sometimes that energy doesn't know where to funnel. And I'm like, what do I watch now? But based on the topics we agree to dive into, it's kind of funneled all this energy. And based on what we're covering, I've been able to hone in on specific genres and filmmakers and actors who really deserve attention. So we've been doing this for a year. This all started because of you. You were on me for like two years to do this. So how are you feeling after a year? <laughs> Man, I couldn't be happier. Like, it's so cool. Like we, um, yeah, coming up with like knowing your blog and just knowing you and the way that you talked about movies, the way you wrote about them. I, I just remember reading your blogs and being like, man, this guy is so fucking smart about everything that we're talking that you're talking about. But I know you so well. That when you and I are personally talking about movies, you're talking about them on a way that you don't talk about them on your blog. And I was like, that's what I think people would love to hear. So that's kind of where the idea stemmed. Because I was like, give everyone what you're saying with your knowledge, but now put your your personal feelings into it. And this podcast has facilitated that. And it's been a pleasure to be here for a whole entire year doing this. It's been educational. It's been, a, it's, I've really, really loved it. And I think it's great for us as filmmakers because we're reaching out to a brand new audience and we have to thank all of you for listening because when we started, we knew that we had, we had nobody. Mm-hmm. We had maybe some people from your blog and we knew that this was going to be the long haul. Downloads started happening, followers started happening, and we're not in it for that. I think that's an important thing to mention, but we are trying to connect, and you like-minded mad film buffs out there are connecting. That, to me, is the coolest thing. The mere fact that anyone listens to us is an honor. I'm always overwhelmed in the best possible way. Yeah, me too. I totally agree. It's absolutely crazy. And it means the world to us that people listen. And Ramanos, who just like tweeted us out of nowhere that he made this incredible letterbox list of every movie we've mentioned in order on this podcast. And I was like, I I know what it means to make letterbox lists. I make them. But holy shit, I can't imagine the amount of time that took. And that we, I mean, we, we st- we're we still talking about it. We are referencing it. We use that letterbox list directly for this episode for something cool we're going to do at the end. So we appreciate everyone who listens. And there has been some crossover to people watching like our film work, which is, that certainly wasn't the intention of starting the podcast. And it just yeah. means like so much. We're like, holy shit, this is, that's kind of why we started talking about our, our work more on the podcast because People were asking questions about it. And thank you for the nice comments about my blog. And it, you know, blogging has the whole way we like share and receive information has changed because I don't know many people who, you know, podcasting has skyrocketed in terms of popularity. And if my blog numbers are to be believed, not like in the past year, but, you know, in the year before we started podcasting, numbers were just down. And I, my platform was Blogger, which is already 
a huge negative. I mean, WordPress was probably the way to go, but Blogger, they, they, Google just like gave up on it and it's so difficult to use and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm mentioning this now when Apple Podcasts just, you don't have an iPhone, but holy shit, they updated and it is an absolute mess. Oh. Everyone's pissed. I don't know if they're going to change it, but if you like don't subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, you just kind of like checked in with it every few weeks. It's weird. It may look like there's like our podcast just doesn't exist anymore. You have to like unsubscribe and subscribe. I don't know. Sorry about that. I I apologize on behalf of Apple. <sighs> but there's a lot of pissed off people about it. But anyway, it's so funny because right before we went on, I was listening to our first episode <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm like, we're so cautious. We're so timid. I was yelling at myself like, loosen up, dude. But and that's what we've really been trying to do ever since. We try to talk about them in a way that's digestible, easy to listen to. But I don't think we realized that we were going to talk about ourselves so much. And you can even hear it in our second episode when I mentioned Phantom Threat as one of my top 10 of the last decade. And you asked me kind of about my mom and I can even hear it in my voice like, oh, do I? We didn't consciously make the choice to like start revealing more about ourselves and what, you know, we've been through in our lives and how that informs our work and what we think of certain movies and all that stuff. And That isn't really easy for me to do. You know, we're not the most outgoing, like gregarious people. We don't like post our lives on social media in that way. So all that to say, it's been very nice and very unexpected that people like care about that stuff. And, you know, one of our last episodes, I went into a long story about Antoine Fisher and what that means to me. And I've I've just I've received a few messages from people that mean a lot to me. And a few people have watched the movie for the first time because of it and That's just, it's really, really cool. And then finally, the other great joy of this podcast, of course, is being able to have a dedicated reason to talk to you. We don't need one, but it's so cool to be able to talk to you on the regular just about movies. It's like, you know, we're texting about what we're watching and then mapping out a game plan for episodes. So we live 3,000 miles apart. So it's great to be able to stay in touch in that way. That's all. Totally. And and, and, you know, about the personal stuff, I know we started this podcast in a way of speaking about movies in a personal way, but I don't think that you and I could have imagined that it would have connected to people the way that it has. Yes, we do talk about the filmmaking aspects of some of these films, but it's really how these movies affect us and letting that in in a universal way. There's no better feeling than when people tell us that they've connected to a movie on the same way that we connect. Well said. And it's been really cool to like gather our followers and see people Mm -hmm. who kind of view movies the way we do and like the stuff we talk about. This episode is going to be a quick one. We've done 34 main episodes. We've done six bonus episodes, including this one. That's 40 total And we're going to be recording what is likely our biggest episode directly after this on the great Stanley Kubrick. May as well tease it now because we're doing this one and we're rolling right into that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Having a crazy few months prepping for that one. But for this, this is just going to be easy. I thought of I thought of a few fun prompts in a way to, you know, think about the past year of this podcast and of the movies we've seen. So I wondered what is your favorite movie that you discovered because of our podcast you had never seen before. And I have one, and I I don't know. I thought, you know, we've talked about, go look at that great letterbox list. We've mentioned hundreds of movies on here, but many of them we saw for the first time because of researching episodes. So what's yours? The Exorcist? (laughs) What a 
fucking bullshit move. Oh man. You call that a sucker punch. That- <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my my tradition here and cheat um, because I'm gonna list one actual movie, but then a, a a cheating thing. So the one movie that I I think is my favorite movie that I discovered because of this podcast is A Room with a View from the Daniel Day Lewis episode. Nice. It's just I mean I know I've talked about it before, but that's what this episode's for. So I might as well just say it again. What an absolutely delightful movie. Like, I just was not expecting. I don't, I'm not the biggest period film fan. Nothing against them. It's just not really my style. There was just some, that that movie's magic. It's just delightful. And when I think about all the movies that we watched, that one just always clicks back in. I'm always like, oh, a room with a view, a room with a view. So that's the one I'm going to list as my favorite movie. But then also... All of Cassavetes. Uh, Cassavetes is a place you can go to Cassavetes Island and just hold up there on a vacation. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and say that as well. Great. And we did not share these with each other beforehand, so perfect way for me to segue to Love Streams by John Cassavetes. May 1984. That's my, that is without question. I wanted to get to that to kind of not bury the lead, but uh, to double back, Room with a View, I did not expect that. I love that. I mean, it, it really is like the Merchant Ivory thing is not really, that's not really our genre. That's okay. No matter what the genre is, anything can be done that is, that matches with our taste. That's what's so cool. You know, Love Streams, yeah, we talked about it in our two part Cassavetes episode, episodes 17 and 18. Love Streams was referenced specifically in episode 18, and what a movie. He was diagnosed, John Cassavetti was diagnosed to die while making the movie. He presses on. It remains my second favorite Cassavetti's after Woman Under the Influence. And I just want to hammer this home again. This is another reason why I picked it as my basically favorite of the past year that that was new to me. This is a difficult movie to find. It's not available to stream anywhere, like ever. I don't, that sucks, because a lot of Cassavetti's movies are on HBO Max right now, which is really cool blind by this one. It has an amazing Criterion Blu-ray. It has some of the best special features I've ever had. That's it. That's my call to action. Buy Love Streams. Spend your 20 bucks on it in the next Flash sale. But I love that that was both of us. Cassavetes. I'm so glad that you referenced that movie. So just for anyone, uh, this is a a fun little tidbit about Alex, is that Alex gets very excited about movies, in case you don't know. Oh, yes. He will text me Whenever he, everything, we text each other about everything when we watch a movie, but there's a certain gravity that you have when something like really matters and it even comes through in a text. (laughs) Like I can feel like the energy (laughs) transference and like, I remember when you texted me about love streams because I had not seen it yet and we were prepping for the podcast for the Cassavetes episode. And you were like, I think I just saw a movie that changed my life. Yeah. And that's something that um, you don't say that, but very rarely do do you say something like that. And so that's how I knew. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is a different this is on another level. I know I can be like hyperbolic and praise sometimes and get like amped up and excited, but you have to save those big ones. There are very few kind of new to me older movies that I see where you're just dumbfounded. I mean, just sitting there and I'm watching this thing 
to me, it was it was the epitome of his work. Everything had been kind of leading up to that. And again, it's not my favor of his work, but I really love it. I frankly had never heard of it before we started researching that podcast. I didn't, you know, I'd seen the Cassavetes filmography, but I hadn't, I knew absolutely nothing about it. And it's just this, it's this thing of absolute wonder just sitting there that very few people have still seen. So next up, I thought it would be fun to, because this is a fun topic as well. You can have, you know, like a reappraisal of a movie. So we just went over our favorite new to us movies of the past year because of the pod. What about the best movie we rediscovered? You could take that for however you wanted. Either something you didn't like and then now you loved, something you liked and now loved, whatever. What'd you pick? I picked A Straight Story directed by David Lynch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Nice. From our 1999 podcast, potentially one of the greatest movie years. Man, I think... If if there was one movie total from this whole entire year that I loved more than anything else, I think it was this. I'd seen it when I was younger, around the time it came out on VHS, probably. No, I'm sure it was a right. DVD, but definitely I rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> and I remember I liked it. I just was like, oh, this was a really quaint, charming, little straight story. But then you you put some life experience... And you go back and and that movie just really, really hit home for me in a way of a lot of fears that I have, a lot of existential questions, a lot of sentimentality about humanity and life. It checked all of my emotional boxes and um, and we were going back. And we were doing our favorite movies of the year, our Twitter series. That's right. That's right. We got yeah. to 1999. I had to revise. I could not deny every single day I had thought about a straight story. And if you're at a point where you're thinking about a movie every single day, yeah. that's another level of love for a movie. So I had to revise. Yeah. Sometimes when you rediscover a movie, it can be so impactful that it's like you're watching something different, of course, but it's us that has changed. So my biggest one without question was Arrival. Yeah. I almost couldn't move for like two days after I watched it. And believe me, I was a fan of that movie. One of my favorite of 2016. I had seen it. I think I saw it three times in the theater and I knew I loved it. But what I realized when I watched it this time was that wasn't the last movie I saw in the theater with my mom, but it was the last good one. And it was just one of those like weird special nights. It was like a Wednesday, 930 at night. And, you know, it's a really like trippy movie that once the crazy editing starts, it's a lot. To, we just had a lot of fun with it. And it was the last good like movie theater experience I had with her. And that's all clicking for me as I'm watching this. The flair in that movie, The Aliens, that's all fun. That's all good. But that movie, to me, anyway, is about motherhood and about spending whatever time we have with a person with that person. I don't know. I never I I guess looked at it on the surface and it never bothered to kind of dig deeper. And man, I still can't listen to that um, on the nature of daylight by Max Richter, the song that closes that movie. I still can't listen to that without getting, you know, emotional. And that's not a bad thing. Like it used to be, you know, I used to kind of be afraid of that, of tapping into that emotion so easily. And now it's like, no, it's it's all good. It's they're good feelings that pop in. And that was that was something that I could have never anticipated rewatching that movie for the Amy Adams podcast. Like I, we went through her whole filmography and I'm just 
plugging through and having a blast and then get to that one. It's just, it's next up. I wasn't, I wasn't like afraid to watch it. Like, Oh, this is the last movie I watched. Yeah. Mom. It wasn't anything like that. I'm just burning through and man, like a fucking truck. It just nailed me. You know, I'm watching it like on a Sunday afternoon. It's bright. I'm in my living room. I'm not isolated in a theater experience and just, whew, that's a huge reappraisal. That's probably my favorite movie of the year. Now it's a great reminder that we, the movies do not change. We do. And no matter what happens to you, movies, at least for me and for you, can tap into that and kind of make you be okay with stuff. It's crazy that that can happen, but it can. I really like that you brought up On the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter, because that's oh also a callback to one of my favorite episodes we've done, which was mm-hmm. the uh, favorite scores of all time. Yeah. I, and that and that song just, I think, was referenced at some point in that conversation. Because that song is used a lot in a few different movies, um, but it's one of the most beautiful songs you'll ever hear. And that song was not as popular, at least to me, in 2016 as it is now, because it's been used in a lot more now. I think it's been used in commercials like it's around and, you know, Max Richter's become more popular and his music means a lot more to me now than it did in 2016. Ad Astra helped a lot with that because that's another movie that meant a whole lot to me. And, and, you know, the leftovers. So it's like you hear that song and that it just all helps, man. It all helps the moment. It's like, damn. So in looking back in our year, what were some of your favorite episodes we've done? The one that was our longest to date at the time was Daniel Day Lewis. And what's what was weird about that one is that that cut like butter and some of them do. And that just like Voom, it was a really, really easy cut. And that was great. So we put a lot of time and passion into that one. So I really like that. The John Cassavetes episodes, I don't I've I mean, I've researched few things in my life that hard. I did to the point where we talked about that. It was almost like a tad overkill in terms of research. And I think when you listen to that episode, we were trying to hopefully like educate people. And we put in a lot of like, this is how this was done. This is how this is done. We're taking a much more general approach to the upcoming Kubrick episode because a lot of people know about Stanley Kubrick. My favorite moment without question, it was on 1973, the exorcist moment. That's without question (laughs) because I mean, I feel like I need to apologize to your mom because like that reaction (laughs) to me that I had was so, I like lost it. Uh, I had nothing to say. I, was, I know. I, just like, I know. You were just I, sitting I there like to... shaking your head. Oh, man. <laughs> I was really happy you mentioned favorite movie per year. That episode's just a lot of fun to listen to. It's just cool. It kind of, it moves quickly. It still gets a lot of downloads. So, you know, thanks everyone. But what about you? What are some of yours? I agree with you with, with Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I think that was, that to me feels like that was like a checkpoint for our podcast. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. And but when we got to Daniel Day Lewis and I and I I really loved researching that because I think one of my favorite things about doing this podcast has been when we dive into anyone's filmography, whether it's an actor or a filmmaker or cinematographer, you pick up the essence of Mm -hmm. what that person's art is doing, that their humanity. And I remember kind of not wanting to leave Daniel Day Lewis like when we were done. Oh, yeah. And I got to see this, the truth of this person come out in his work. And I felt like that with everyone we've done. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams, Heath Ledger, Cassavetes, oh my God, Cassavetes, and even upcoming with Kubrick. I really loved our favorite film scores. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Horner Corner. The Horner Corner. That That's okay. Now there's a great, like, okay, so in terms of like our personalities coming through. Well, that was a tipping point because I remember telling you, like, just 
let's just like let it out a little bit. Just go go a little crazy. Like get get amped up when you're working out to these songs or listening to them. Just like go for it. And we did. And it was great. <laughs> Every time up until that point when we would get loose on the show, we would hear from people. I really liked when you guys started like making fun of each other or like, yeah. <laughs> started not being so serious. When you mention a straight story, like one, one of my favorite things to do with lists is reappraise them and kind of look over them and go over them. So I had a fun idea of our very first episode of this podcast was our top 10 movies of all time. You and I have both made mention in the past year how those have changed dramatically, maybe or otherwise. So I said, let's do it really quick. Updated top 10s. Boom, boom. That's it. In a way, with a top 10 list like this is kind of like where we're at in life. Mm -hmm. What movies really, really matter? What movies have withstood the test of time? I know a lot of people don't like normally do lists. We're nerds. Mm -hmm. So we do. Mm -hmm. So coming a year around and seeing what has changed, um, I think was a really cool thing. So these were my top 10 from a year ago. At 10, The Exorcist. Oh, funny. Funny. Two can play this game. Oh, it's coming, folks. It's coming. The episode where I show it to him for the first time the day before my bachelor party. That is how (laughs) much that's how nerdy we are. Like I told that to Allie and she looked at me and she went, yep. Like, that's exactly what you're going to do. Like the day before your bachelor party. All right. Keep going. Smart ass. So number 10 was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Nine, Inception. Eight, American Psycho. Seven, The Deer Hunter. Six, Closer, Five, A Clockwork Orange, Four, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Three, Cool Hand Luke, Two, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Number One, Blow. Nice. What is it now? I only have one change, um, but it's a huge one. And I think I did say this on a previous podcast. I am now officially my second favorite movie of all time is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. I've seen that movie in theaters more than I think any other movie I've seen in theaters. I just, Noon Beverly just reopened and I scored a ticket and I went and saw it again. I've seen it so many times and it brings such joy into my life that if a movie does that and it doesn't stop doing that. Mm -hmm. So um, that bounced out of Clockwork Orange. Oh, okay. Then everything else just kind of gets smushed. So like. Fear and Loathing at 10. Okay, okay, cool. I see that. Okay, so Clockwork Orange goes out. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. It's like we love these movies so much. Something comes in, it's it got it has to go out. And that it's yep. tough. It's really, really tough. And and that's the and the thing is just because one gets bumped out doesn't mean that that means number 10 right. was gonna go. I just had to look at that list and be like, well, something's gotta go. And that was the one, and that was number five. Okay, so my original top 10, July 2020, 10, Traffic, 9, A Place in the Sun, 8, Psycho, 7, Deliverance, 6, The Deer Hunter, 5, Shame, 4, 2001, A Space Odyssey, 3, Persona, 2, Pulp Fiction, 1, Taxi Driver. Okay, the only one that's gone is I kind of did follow that standard rule, and my 10th Traffic is gone and I have now made number 10. I, I reordered them a little bit, so I'll do them in order. I've now made number 10, A Place in the Sun. My only new addition is number nine, A Woman Under the Influence. Wow. Number eight is Psycho. Seven is The Deer Hunter. So that, you know, a few of these, it's like kind of getting reordered. Six is Deliverance. Five, 2001. Four is Shame, which is by far the most recent film that's the highest on my list. But 
Oh man, I fucking love that movie. Number three, <laughs> Persona. Two, Pulp. One, Taxi Driver. So yeah, after our dedicated hardcore cast of Eddie's research, I went, I mean, I'm watching that movie going, holy shit, this guy, I gotta have one cast of Eddie's. So, all right, so we're, we have two things left. We're wrapping up here. I thought I want to do this, like put this in the ether, put in the world. Maybe it'll get us to talk about it. Maybe it'll get some of our listeners to encourage us, but you get two episodes that you want to do in the next year of podcasting, what are they for us to do on this podcast? What would you do? So I got one that we have been teasing for a long time that I just feel like it, it, it just needs to happen is to do a deep dive on Magic Mike. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm writing it down. And then then this the next one, this is one that I would really, really love to do. I think this would be like my um a complete filmography breakdown of Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's a tough one to do because you can't like with Amy Adams, we even talked about that. Like we can't go over all of them. There's so many. Yeah. So I don't think you can make mention of like every Hoffman performance. So that's so that's what it becomes. It's like, do we do a top ten? Do you just talk about him? In general, like Heath was a little easier because he unfortunately didn't mm-hmm. have that many roles. Or this is leading perfectly into mine because my number one surprise, surprise is Montgomery Clift, like a deep dive yep. into him. He did 18 movies. Some of them are incredibly hard to find. So I wouldn't even expect you to have to watch all of those. But my other one, much more challenging, would be Bergman. And that would not mean like watching all 50 of his movies, however many of his movies that one's so tough because Kubrick, people like Kubrick, but Bergman, I, I could, I can see the eye rolls, but like that pops up on someone's feet. They're like, oh, I got to listen to these guys talk about Bergman for two hours. But <laughs> there are some people out there who might want to. And I, I certainly have enough to say about him, but it would just be good to talk about him. And we're kind of on a tear here of mentioning him like in the last like four episodes, I think, which is yep. cool. And so Monty Clift, Ingmar Bergman, those would be my two. <laughs> we arrive at What Are You Watching? We're going to round out this bonus episode. And I had a fun idea based on Ramanos's amazing letterbox list. I told Nick for this What Are You Watching? Just this one. We have one new rule. We have to recommend a movie that neither of us have ever mentioned on this podcast. Never. Not recommended. We've ne- It's never even come out of our mouths, either of us. That is very easy to find thanks to this incredible list. Like, I still can't believe it. It's like nine pages long. <laughs> so I'm very, very proud of mine. So I'm excited. But please go for it. I wanted to talk about a movie and I was really glad that we didn't mention it growing up and not realizing I was going to be an actor yet. This movie kind of touched that funny bone. I think it's the movie that kind of nudged me to be like, hey, maybe you're an actor. And that's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, cool. And we've never talked we've about never it. We never have. Yeah. You, I don't even think you've talked about Johnny that much and what he means to no, you. No, I haven't talked about Johnny. Yeah. This is like blowing my mind. Like, holy, you're totally right. No, yeah. And and Johnny Depp was, uh, and it's funny because both him and Leonardo DiCaprio were the two actors that I watched when I was a kid that I liked more than anyone else because there was just something about them that like I just got. And I was, I would see what they were doing in their performances. And I, like I said, I didn't know I was going to be an actor, but I, I was like, I, I think I want to do what they do. I think I, 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 I get these guys. I, I'm, I'm picking something up in the human cosmos. And Johnny Depp is a huge, huge reason I did this. And uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Both of them in that movie. It's a great movie. It is a good movie. I haven't seen that one in a while. Great pick. 
I don't know if you've seen the one I'm going to recommend, but this is certainly in my top 20 of all time, perhaps the most masterfully macabre movie ever made. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Oh, I love it. 1962, directed by Robert Eldridge. Have you seen it? No, but we've oh, talked about this. Yeah. And it wasn't on the podcast. So yeah, this it's, is awesome. It's never, yeah, I loved it. This is an annual movie for me. I watch it once a year. First time I saw it was with my dad. My dad, this is, again, like, it's place in the sun stuff where you want to see, I'll show you something that you didn't know they can make back in the day. And like, this movie's nuts. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is insane. It should have won Oscars for everything. It only won for costume design, which is like nice, but not enough. It's the best feud in Hollywood history on screen. You have Betty Davis fucking terrorizing Joan Crawford for like 130 minutes. It's mean. It's nasty. It's also, it's shockingly funny. It's so uh, macabre and grotesque. I mean, I love everything about it. The first time my dad showed it to me, I was laughing as much as my jaw was dropped. I just, I couldn't believe I mean, they, they just go for it the whole time. If you watched Feud with, with Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lange, it was just great. And this movie, I, I can't believe it's never come up on this pod before because this is like a top 20. And uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, all right. That's one year of What Are You Watching? We really, really appreciate this. We're going to keep going. What does it say? I'm going to keep rock and rolling. Hope you all do the same. Dirk Diggler. I fucking hate ending. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm going to keep rocking and rolling. The best is the second one. Dirk Diggler's second acceptance speech when he goes up and he's like, thanks. Anyway, thanks. That's how, that's how I'm going to end this from now on. Thanks. And, and, watch, folks, and it, it, if this makes it into the edit. I, so Alex and I, we, we have to do these podcasts over the phone. So we see each other when we're doing this. And knowing yeah. how he is about endings and not being a fan of them, watching you go for it and then in the middle of it, like completely like Melt. not liking it. You're, yeah, your your whole entire like shoulders just dropped in mid sentence and, and you just abandoned it. Yeah, I had no thread. Here it is. One year long, one year strong. Genuinely, thank you, everyone. As always, we really appreciate you listening and happy watching. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at what are you watching podcast at gmail.com and of course you can find us on twitter at waw underscore podcast next time is going to be our biggest episode yet we are going to be talking about a little known filmmaker called stanley kubrick stay tuned